Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. And just like that, it's a Friday, sixth day of October 23, 2023, Bruce Siski Show. On Katie Yale, great to have you with us on this cloudy Friday morning. It is a hockey weekend for the colleges all over the place, men's and women's. I think everybody's going to get started here pretty soon, either this weekend or next on the men's side. And the women, if they haven't already started, they start this weekend. UMD versus Long Island on the women's side. We had Maura Crow with us at Amswell on Tuesday. Podcast KDAL610.com. Uh, back in September at NCHC Media Day, we recorded all the coaches around the NCHC. And one of them, uh, Miami, starting a season up tomorrow against Ferris State in Big Rapids, Michigan. Here's their head coach, Chris Bergeron. So as we look ahead, um, I, I, the first thing I notice, I look at that roster, you got a lot of older players. This, this, this team continues to evolve in that respect, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, uh, Jack Clement and I were talking about that on the flight here. Um, unfortunately, there's, there's, there's some new faces in that older group, too, that uh, haven't necessarily been through what we've been through the last couple of years. And I, I think it's going to be the returning kids that get us through this this phase in the program's history, a group of kids that say no more. And and the incoming kids don't know what, what that looks like. They don't know what this league looks like. Uh, but um, we, need, we need to rely on some experience. And I think the experience we're talking about are the returning guys. And unfortunately, some of that experience is, is, is negative. However... We, we, we're going to try to rely on some of the positive things over the last couple of years to, to just be more consistent with and build off of. All I know is the last time I saw your team, you kicked the crap out of ours. That's all I remember. The, 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 and we've <laughs> that was had, a good night. We've had some ugly series at Duluth. We, we, there was a series at St. Cloud the second half of the year this year where last year was as bad of a series I've ever seen in college hockey. This year we went in there and played them nose to nose twice. They won the playoffs. Obviously going to Duluth, I don't care what year it is, it's going to be difficult. And we, we had a, you know, it was a competitive series of college hockey, which, which there is no reason that we shouldn't be doing that more of the time. And then the results, you know, they, they, they happen the way they happen. Um, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's time, but it's not a decision Chris Bergeron's going to make. It's a decision that these 27 players are going to make. 18 returners, nine new faces, collectively saying that we, we, we want to we leave Miami hockey in a better place and we want to get it back to relevancy. The ringleader of that is Jack Lament. What's it mean to have him back here? And, and, and you know, what did he bring from a leadership standpoint last year? How does that carry over? He, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very positive kid. Um, what it meant when he said he was coming back, it, it stabilized a, a volatile spring. We had a, a skater and a goaltender who we were expecting back who ended up going in the portal for their reasons. Jack saying he was coming back stabilized that time for us. And since then, he's, he's, he's a guy, in my perspective, um, who, who's real about what's going on. He doesn't want to place blame. He wants to take ownership. He doesn't want to make excuses. He wants to take ownership. And I think he's a guy that, that, that can bring people with him. Let's stop blaming something of, of where Miami is and why it's there. And let's wrap our arms around this opportunity to make it better. 
And that's what Jack brings. On the ice, he's a stabilizing factor for sure. Uh, he's, a, he's a positive influence. I think he's a top four defenseman for us. He's more of a five-on-five, four-on-five guy than a power play guy. But, but those are good minutes there. And, 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 you know, we need to keep more pucks out of our net. He helps us do that. Matthew Barbellini, you know, he's one of my favorites. I've all, I've liked him from the the second I saw him in the pod. I, it goes back all the way there when when uh, when the pod was all happening in Omaha. You know, twenty five points last year. What do you want to see from him here? As a, my goodness, a senior now. What the heck? Yeah, happened? you're exactly right. I mean, it, it, it's a blink of an eye, right? Um, I'm not going to put a number in terms of points. I want to see consistent. Matt Barbellini can be the best player on the ice on a daily basis for us, okay? And I want to see him do that. I think if he does that, there'll be a line at the door as a free agent at the end of the season. Um, I think he came to Miami for that opportunity. I'd like to, to see him finish that way. Um, he's leaving the program better than he found it. He found it in a bad place. He's le- the results, I understand. Uh, but it's, it's it, the program is in a better place because of him. Um, I, I want him to be the best player on the ice every day, and I know that's a general answer, but he's capable of that, and that will that will equate into um, uh, points and and hopefully wins and so on and so forth. But that's what I'd like to see him do because he's capable of it. In terms of his game, what was his biggest growth point? You think last year? Uh, probably just his strength on the puck. Uh, w- w- he's a very, very difficult kid to handle when he's got the puck on a stick. He can be physical, as crazy as that sounds, because he, he he's he's proactive at people. People come to check him. He can he can be proactive with that. I think he just he made strides in terms of his puck possession time last year. And and w- where I'd like to see him continue to add, he's got a physical component to his game that I think he'll need in pro. And I'd like to see him be more consistent with that. It's just hard with the amount of minutes he plays for us to be physical every night. Um, uh, but I think the, stri- the strides he made from sophomore year to junior year was just puck possession time and how strong he was on the puck. Talking to Miami coach Chris Bergeron, are we talking about the difference between a guy, you know, if he has the year you think he can have, a guy maybe getting a two-way deal at the end of the year versus a minors-only deal? Yeah, I, I think so. I think people are going to make him prove it in pro, right? And so it's not going to be, uh, you know, an NHL deal. You know, I don't, they don't hand those out anyway. No. But he, Matt's going to have to prove it. But I think he's going to be able to prove it in AAA and not AA. Um, that's what I believe it'll be. Because I, 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 I don't believe it's going to be one team waiting at the door. Because, again, when you look at games that translate, he can skate. He's a bigger boy. He's physical, whether it's with the puck or without. And he can play 5-on-5, five 4-on-5, five, five, or 5-on-4. Five those are realities. So the versatility, he's good at face-offs. Like he's, he's a very versatile player too. So I, I think a good senior year will be the difference between like a two-way NHL deal versus a two-way American League East Coast deal. That, that's, that's the way I see. Two-way NHL deal gets you in the American League. A two-way East Coast American League deal probably gets you in the East Coast League. And, and, I, and, I, and I believe his senior year will dictate – where he ends up in, in you know twelve months from now. When when you look at, at his game, and I I don't want to sit here and talk about him for fifteen minutes. We could, but I don't want to do that because you've got other players. But but it seems like his game, the way he plays, that's how you want the rest of your group to play. Well, one hundred percent. And and it's funny you say it that way because we've got Johnny Waldron, Max Dukovac, William Helen, three sophomores, three sophomore. We hope and need to be impact players over some period, of, whether it's this year or not. 
they all want to be Matt Barbellini. Like when you ask them who they want their game, what they want their game to look like, they say Matt Barbellini. So, so Barb's is a leader, whether he has a letter on his jersey or not. Uh, he's a leader because of the way he, the way he plays. So yes, we, you know, we, we talk about, we can't, we don't want to just talk about one boy, but this guy is huge to our lineup because of what he brings and, and the way people are watching him. Uh, and he knows that. And he, he, he wraps his arms around that. At the other end of the rink, you mentioned you lost a goaltender in Ludwig Pearson who, who moves on to North Dakota played a lot of minutes over three years for you and, and won you a lot of hockey games, stole you some hockey games along the way. How do you go about filling that spot? Because it, it's such an important position, but the way you want to play, if you if everybody else is playing well, you don't need a 950 goaltender back there. No, it, it's, it's a tough one because he – I think it was a very difficult decision for him. And, and unfortunately, the numbers and the winning and losing over the last three years, I get all that. What this is is an opportunity for Logan Neaton, for uh, our, our, our new freshman, and then Carter McPhail to, to, to do, um, hopefully, to pick up where Ludwig left off. I think Logan is is mentally and physically in a place where he can have the senior year or the fifth year that he wanted his college career to be, which he admittedly would probably say it hasn't been as, as a draft pick. Um, Carter McPhail is a fifth year guy. Uh, a, a transfer has been with us for a couple of years now. And then Bruno, Bruno's played a couple of years in the USHL. He was a world junior goalie for Latvia. We think some combination of two of those three guys can help us win games. What we don't want to do is put the weight of the world on one of them like we did with Pearson. That's what ended up, I think, hurting us the most. I want one guy to play Friday, one guy to play Saturday. It doesn't necessarily need to be the same guy. You've got a couple guys on scholarship. We should be, we should be counting on the depth there and not expecting one guy to, 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 to bear the burden, which I think Ludwig ended up bearing in. And we, we want it to be a group thing. So, so let's do it by committee. Well, you just answered the next question, which was, you know, do you, wa- do you want this to, to play out as a, as a two-man battle? into January, February, March, or do you want one guy to emerge and be the guy no, that it doesn't sound like you do? Well, first of all, I want us to defend better. You mentioned that. We, I, I do. I want us to defend better. The, this, I, I was part of some teams at Miami where we had one guy play Friday, one guy play Saturday, and they took us to Frozen Four. I remember those days so, well, yeah. So there's no reason that can't happen again. We've got investment in all three guys. Why can't we have other guys play? And, and, and now you're going into the weekend not needing to win two games, but needing to win one and hopefully not need. Well, if I give up two goals, we lose. That was where our goaltending in the past has struggled. The poor kid. I mean, if you give up two goals, we're going to lose because we were only scoring one. So I want it to be a a group effort. Um, I want to learn from what we've been through in the past. And and to me, that is, we need a couple of guys every weekend uh, being a part of it. Visiting with Miami coach Chris Bergeron. We were here last year and, and you talked about the importance of possessing the puck more The numbers don't necessarily show that happening last year. What I saw in front of me in February at Amsoil would certainly beg to differ with some of those numbers. Did you feel like you got better as the year went on? Uh, You know, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, No, we 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 were inconsistent with it. It was it was some good over pieces of the season where where I think going into this year. It's 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 getting out of our own zone. We need to we we think we've got some puck possession people, 
from an offensive zone perspective. We need to spend less time in our own zone. Where that starts is breaking the puck out, earning the puck in D zone or something like that, and then exiting the puck. That is an area of our game that needs to improve, which we think will lead to less goals against. You know, I, I stand by the, the puck possession last year. This year, it's breakout and exit. We need to spend less time in our own zone. It would also help, I would think, if you could defend the neutral zone better because we, we see this all over the place. The teams that are that are great at shot suppression, that are great defensively, oftentimes for them it does start in the neutral zone. 100%. You've watched a lot of hockey. You know exactly what you're talking about. The neutral zone for us, we want to get some type of loose puck, some type of dump puck, uh, and, then, and then go get it out. And what's happened is... We get the dump puck and then we can't get it out. And now we're in, now we, because we've turned it over or turned it over again or whatever. And you start turning pucks over to people in this league and, and you end up with the record that we've had. So it's, it's, let's do a job in the neutral zone to get to that breakout puck and then break the puck out. You mentioned experience. You've got it on the back end. Jack Laments is not the only one, but but you know who excites you in this defensive group that, that you think can take a step here? Well, honestly, to take a step is probably Kumlin. Uh, you know, that, there's three sophomores in Kumlin, Feenstra, and Zane Dempsey, who all three of them came from Dubuque in the USHL. But Kumlin's a big, strong kid who think that we think there's layers there. But it's going to be by committee. It has to be. Ridequist. We got Spencer Cox as a transfer coming in. We we like where he's at. You've got Moulton and Drasner who with with Hampus who've come in and played a bunch of hockey and and I go back and I'm saying this all day today we want that experience to show in them being upset with the winning and losing and wanting to do something about it um, let's draw a line in the sand as a group of 27 players but yes how about nine defensemen that we are going to be a, a difficult de- a, a team to uh, to to play against, we're gonna we're gonna break the pucks out better. Whatever it is, um, it's it's gonna be by committee back there. But there's no reason we can't be better. And and again, I I, I say Axel because he comes to mind. I mean, he's a guy that I think can take a step. Talking to Miami coach Chris Bergeron, a couple more here. So this is the last year. The seniors that are seniors, the guys that are seniors this year, fourth year seniors, are the last ones that'll have the opportunity to play a fifth year with the COVID exemption. For you as a coach, what does it mean to hear that? Uh, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I think we've been on the wrong side of, of this whole thing, quite honestly. Part of that is because of the winning and losing. Um, but, you know, when I say I'm happy as a coach, that's, it almost sounds selfish because here we, we've got a kid like Jack Clement who would not have a fifth year, which which would be disappointing. So I, I just, where, where I'm going with that, a little more normal. Let's get back to normal. And, and I think the new normal is going to include a transfer portal. I get that. And I've got no problem with the, the general idea of the portal. I'm not playing somewhere else, or I would like to challenge myself a little bit more, something like that. Maybe the, get rid of the fifth year. It'll bring some stability to what our world is going to look like as we move forward. Maybe uh, a couple of your colleagues have brought up, in this in this sense, maybe less co- less GM, more coach for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like that. <laughs> you know, I, I I would like that. Um, maybe we'll see. I, I do. I, it, which is what normal is supposed to look like, and um, hopefully we can get back to that. Finally, so you've had a chance now to to sample all seven cities in the NCHC. Maybe a couple that stand out to you as, as your favorite places to go. Every road trip out of your place is kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Going, Getting in and out of your place is always weird. Yeah. But, but maybe a couple of road – maybe you love the road trip. 
Maybe you love the venue. Maybe you love the city that well, stand out. I, I, this is why I like the Western road trip because it's six hours and not 12. <laughs> right. I can understand <laughs> you, that. You know the other one I like, and this is no disrespect, I like Omaha because it's you stay right there, you walk to the rink, there's all those restaurants yeah. and bars right in that area. So those two, the 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 basically the 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 localness. I know that's not a word of Kalamazoo being our closest, and then I just like Omaha setup. I think it's pretty cool. That's Miami coach Chris Bergeron. They open up with Ferris State this weekend, starting tomorrow in Big Rapids, Michigan, at ten twenty eight. More to come. UMD men's hockey captain Luke Lohight next on the Bruce Siski Show. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team is gearing up for tomorrow's big game against number two Michigan. We'll have a preview next. How much can you save when you shop Cub? Let's just say you might need a bigger cart. We've lowered prices, so you save more. On Essential Every Day, it's easy to see the savings. Across the aisles, from pantry products, to frozen foods, to delicious dairy, and more. Your family will love it, guaranteed, or your money back. Shop Cub and save today. My Cub, my way. See store for details. Golden Gopher defensive end Danny Strigo of Long Lake says he's eager to play against the Wolverines tomorrow night as he has a lot of family connections to the state of Michigan. My parents are both from the Michigan area. Um, my mom went to Michigan State. My dad went to Western Michigan. My extended family mostly is from Michigan. And then my two brothers, my oldest brother graduated. He was a wrestler at Michigan. And my middle brother currently wrestles at Michigan. So um, there's some blood there. But when it comes to Minnesota versus Michigan, they're they're all Minnesota fans. There's there's no uh, house divided there. It's all they're all Gophers. Yeah, even your brother, who's a wrestler at Michigan, has got to be cheering for the Gophers this weekend. I hope. Of course, of course. He's a Michigan football fan every other time, but the second it's Gophers versus Wolverines, he's a he's a full blown Gopher. Does it make it a little extra special for you? Uh, a little bit. I know he's always on my side, but he always likes to jab at me a little bit just about you know going to uh, rival Big Ten schools. So. But when it comes to it, he's he's behind me, behind me fully. That's Gopher defensive end Danny Strigo of Long Lake. To hear my entire interview with Strigo, listen to tomorrow's Gopher Radio Network pregame show with coverage starting at 4.30. The game kicks off at 6.30. For more info on the game, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Your Twin Ports home for Twins baseball. In the corner. KDAL. 3.45 tomorrow for Game 1, Twins-Astros from Houston here on KDAL. 10.33, UMD men's hockey captain Luke Lohite joins the radio show after a CBS News update. Bruce Siski showing a Friday on KDAL. Our American Stories. This is how you do it. Weeknights on KDAL. 10.38. Great to have you with us on a Friday morning. Monday, Jeff Papis on Bulldog Football. He'll be in Wayne, Nebraska tomorrow on Cat Country 98.9. UMD versus Wayne State will recap on Monday. Look ahead to next week at home versus Mary. Also on Monday's show, athletic director at UMD is Forrest Carr. He'll be in studio. He's in the stu- he's in studio the second Monday of every month, and that would be next week. Therefore, we get to visit Forrest Carr on the radio show on Monday. Again, Bulldog Football. 1 o'clock tomorrow, 98.9 FM. Bulldog men's hockey tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, also on 98.9 FM. Back at NCHC Media Day, had a chance to sit down with the Bulldogs captain, fifth-year senior forward out of Minnetonka. Here's my conversation with Luke Lowheit. So we last spoke right after Memorial Day, I think. How was summer? 
it was good. It was good. We, uh, yeah, we took some time off, had a couple months off. I went home for June, July, spent some time at home with family. So I was good. And, and then, uh, was working out, uh, actually I was just talking with, with, uh, Dylan Anhorn, uh, about, I was talking, I was working out with Josh Lidkey and, uh, Joe Molinar and some of those St. Cloud guys over summer and Minnetonka guys. So always fun to go see those guys over the summer, but, um, yeah, had a good summer, got some good work in and was seeing guys like Franny over the summer a lot, uh, Stever, um, Galley, kind of those guys. So it's good to see those guys over the summer, even though we're away from each other, but, um, no, it was good for everyone to get a little break and we we're super excited to come back in August. So it's been good. Yeah, how's this? Uh, how's this uh, ramp up? Uh, your beginning here for the season. How's this been going for you? Really good, really good. The past month has been uh, it's been good. Just getting guys, the new guys acclimated. Obviously, we don't have as many guys as last year. We had twelve new guys coming in. We had to kind of help them out and get them adjusted to what we do and how we do it on a daily basis. But having that group from last year to <clears throat> help the younger guys out too helps a lot. And obviously, that sophomore group is taking a big step. Um, this year and a lot of guys came in really good shape really determined um so it's been good to see those guys come in uh with full head of steam um and then us older guys you know we're just trying to rein in the younger group and help them out as much as we can but yeah we started practice two weeks ago now and it's been great sandy's been coming out and we've had some really good compete lots of competitiveness just fire every day and it's been awesome so do you feel like this is different than maybe this month was last year because you had so many new guys last year. And, and like you said, now you've got, you know, all those guys that were new last year, they're not new anymore. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think last year was, you know, it was tough at the beginning. Just, I mean, every year is tough at the beginning. You get a new group, new team and, and uh, lots of new players. But last year was just so different because we had, I mean, I had never experienced it before personally. And obviously as a leader, I wanted to learn and, and figure out how to, you know, adjust to different personalities and, and socialize with those guys and make them feel comfortable. And um, so that was the biggest thing I was focusing on last year. But now this year, being able to kind of have guys that have been there, obviously, they know what they need to do on a daily basis. They know the routine that they're in. And um, there's there's less teaching and more just, just doing. Um, but obviously, still, we're trying to help guys out that, you know, may have questions or the younger guys, obviously, honestly a few of the guys just come in and they've came in as freshmen and they've just had really good routines they're doing stuff what they need to do each day and um but yeah it's been different it's been good um but yeah guys having that younger group from last year transition to this year um obviously knowing what we need to do on a daily basis they can teach those younger guys which is good talking to umd men's captain luke Lowheight. so as you look back and and i don't want to spend a lot of time looking back we did that in may but you know, one thing we, we talked about was it was frustrating for a lot of you older guys that things weren't coming around the way you wanted them to. That said, one of the reasons that that was happening was because you're putting these young guys in some pretty difficult positions, injuries being what they were and, and illnesses at times last year as well. You know, did that in the end at the end of the day, did that help because these young guys now have a little more experience than maybe they would have under normal circumstances? Yeah, I think, and I've talked about it with with coach and and other guys too. Like, I think my first couple of years, I we had so much talent that you know guys like me and and Quinny and and some other guys, we never really we never were in certain places or certain um, 
positions to really contribute because there's just we had so much depth we had so much so many great players that are now playing at the next level and I think kind of last year when guys get thrown in the fire yeah there's going to be struggles there's going to be hard times but um I thought it was it was good for them like by, by the end of the year I thought we were going up and up and obviously it didn't end the way we wanted it to but yeah I think it's good to go through some adversity I think it's good for guys to to learn off experiences rather than maybe sometimes watching I think the experiences of you know you know, going out for a shift when we're down by one or we're up by one goal with five minutes left. Like those experiences, those situations are huge for younger guys to experience. So I think whether it, it panned out for us last year or not, I think it was good for them to at least experience it going into this year so they have those experiences under their belt and they know how to perform this year better. With a lot of young guys in the fold, predictably special teams were a mixed bag, but they were a mixed bag for maybe a, a weird reason. So the, the penalty kill had its ups and downs, no question about it. Your power play hit at 24%, which I, I didn't look back. That's that's pretty good. I mean, historically, 24%, more often than not, you're going to take that. I think Scott's even said he'll take 20%. Yep. You guys were at 24 last year. The problem was he had 27 fewer power plays than anybody else in the NCHC for the full season, mm -hmm. which is a lot. You had You scored one fewer power play than Omaha. They had 28 more kicks at the can than you did last year. Yep. So it's not like it wasn't good when you had chances. From your perspective as a player, I'm not going to ask you to rip the officials because I know better than that. <laughs> but how do you turn that around where you're getting on the front foot and maybe getting a few more chances on the man advantage? Because that is so important in this sport. Yeah, absolutely. I think – yeah, I'm definitely not going to sit here and, and rip the officiating. Always <laughs> well, we leave them the call more. So. No, <laughs> yeah, there's a right. way, right? Yeah, yeah. I got sweet talking today when I see him, but <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I think you can only control what you can control, right? So I think last year, whether it's you know, like you said, Omaha had 28 more power plays than we did, and guys, we didn't get as many chances. Like, yes, it's unfortunate, but I think, like I said, control what we can control, and we just got to execute when we're out there and. I think that was the biggest thing we did really well last year is we took every power play and every man advantage very seriously. And I think that's why we had so much success. And obviously we had have great players like Steve-O and, and Kai's last year and Dahmer and, you know, all those guys contribute in their own ways and are huge for us. But I think our intent and our aggressiveness on those, on those uh, man advantages really was the most important thing. So, like I said, I think going into this year just – when we get those opportunities, make the most of them, and the success will come from that. And I think, yeah, just keeping that success rolling with the power play and the penalty kill, we it's a continuous uh, continuous work. So the penalty kill is definitely more. It comes in ebbs and flows. It's There's lots of highs and lows with, with the kill, and you go for stretches where it's really good, and you go for stretches when it's really bad. That's just how it is. So keeping our confidence up with that and doing the same things over and over. And Krause's done a great job with that the past few years, focusing on, you know, different details for us to focus on and um, different things to look at during that. So, yeah, I, I think both the spe special teams is, is stuff for us to focus on this year and just, like I said, execute when we're out there. So. And, and I'm not, when I'm saying, you know, how do you maybe get a few more chances, I'm not asking you to go flop around in the ring. Yeah. No. Please don't do that, no. actually. That's uh, not the way we do it. No, it's not. Yeah. But, but. Playing more aggressively five-on-five, five, maybe leading to more puck possession. Yeah, the puck more, you're bound to get more chances that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think owning the puck is a, is a thing we talk a lot about. It's just 
protecting the puck, owning it, not getting rid of it. Like Sandy always talks about, there's no shot clock in hockey. So just hold on to that thing. We always talk about, you know, um, and, and penalties will come. You know, with our hard work, we're going to draw stuff. And like I said, control what we can control and, and do what we can with the opportunities we get. But, yeah, I think puck control, puck protection, all that stuff is goes into that and just owning the thing and not being afraid to hold on to it and make someone work to, to catch catch up to you so we're talking to UMD men's hockey captain Luke Lowheight so we look ahead to 2023-24 and like I said, there's not a lot of turnover on this roster there's a lot of guys are back yeah. you have a couple of transfers that have come in in, in, in McManaman and, and Bast you had a few more transfers that came in last year now from your perspective and I've asked the other guys that we've talked to here the players this the captains you know what's that like for you as a captain to, to make sure that the new guy that played in, in Connor's case four years at Penn State, Luke's case two years in North Dakota, make sure that they fit in immediately. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you just right off the bat, like Connor and and Luke have been already just so great for us. Like Connor, obviously a leader at Penn State, he's he wore a letter there for two years, which is a big deal. So um, he's been great for us. He's been a great leader for us already, and it's been I mean two months that we've been with him. So. He's been great. Luke, on top of that, he, he's been awesome, too. He, he brings a different element to our locker room that, that we needed. He's very social, outgoing. You know, he's a funny guy in the locker room, so he's, he's already been awesome. And, and yeah, we, we do everything we can right off the bat to include guys. And, and we, whether that's, you know, at the rank, away from the rank, we're always doing stuff to try and um, include guys and make people feel like a bulldog when, immediately as they step in the locker room. So... Um, and I think when I talked to you last, I, I told you that we did a ton of stuff in May, which was great. That always helps us out. Um, in the past few weeks, we've done a lot more stuff. So, yeah, no, they've already been awesome. We're doing everything we can to make them feel welcome. But I think they already know that they're a part of our family and, and they're, uh, they're ready to contribute for us. So, Have you been to St. Cloud since you were there back-to-back weekends in March? I have not. No. <laughs> I only I don't ask. Think I'm taking any trips to St. Cloud unless I need to. Yeah. I was going to say because I yeah. my wife actually was with on on the playoff trip because there's a crafting store in there that she okay. loves to go to, and yeah. I said, "You want to go there in the summer? You go right ahead. I'm not coming with. I will yeah. go down there in November when I have to." No, I've I've <laughs> that been, was a lot. I've been down there far too many times be going there for any vacations <laughs> yeah it's no. yeah that was that was quite a lot over and then and then i don't know about you guys but uh i couldn't go home sunday night after we the last game yeah because our i think we did I my front remember. porch was buried oh we got so oh, much God, snow yeah. that i had to wait till the next day to go home yeah that was that was not fun yeah that's always great when you're going to play a three and three and then you come back to uh just snow covering yeah. your whole everything. driveway yeah. covering everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple more for the uh, bulldog captain luke Lowheight. so i've been asking other captains this i'll ask you you've had you know four years now at umd you've you've had some time without the covid year you've been able to, to go into rings of the fans a couple of places in the league that that maybe are your favorite not necessarily just the environment you're playing maybe also the city that you get to go to oh man uh i mean i think rank wise it would probably have to be the Ralph. I mean, just love going there. The atmosphere is awesome, and it feels just like such a pro atmosphere when you're there. Which, you get, and you get to quiet them last year late in a game, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, so that, that, was, that, was, that fun. was fun. That was yeah. fun. I had a lot of family there, and my girlfriend's family's there. They're they're all former uh, North Dakota grads, so I got to rub that in their face. So that was <laughs> that was fun. Uh, but no, that that atmosphere is always awesome. I mean, you got eleven thousand fans just screaming as loud as they can the whole time, and. And obviously the rivalry is is awesome there too, but yeah, probably North Dakota. I mean, 
the trip to Omaha is always fun. I think the boys love that, even though we spent a full month there. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, quarantined in our hotel for four straight weeks a couple years ago. But no, the the uh, the area around there is fun to walk around. The boys love. We got a couple spots that we like to go to there, so that's a fun trip. Obviously, the bus ride's a little longer, so that's our one one long bus trip of the year. So we make we make fun of that, playing a lot of cards <laughs> in the back, and uh, so that's always fun that, that trip. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, the Ralph's always a good atmosphere. Western is is great. I actually haven't been there in two years. I've been I was hurt two years ago, and then I I <laughs> I got COVID uh, last year. Uh, just one random week, I was sick, so I, I didn't get to go there. So I haven't been there in the past two years, but that's always a fun atmosphere too. And the student sections getting into it and yelling at different players. So yeah, probably the Ralph is. Well, you're safe because you don't wear number four. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I remember. I'll never forget Dylan Sandberg coming in after the first intermission. He's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> He's just getting ripped for doing nothing. That was awesome. My freshman year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But and then one more. Uh, you mentioned Will Francis's name. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. you know, back in the news here recently with a recurrence of of cancer. He wants to get back in January. We hope we can't wait to see him. In the meantime. How do you kind of keep him involved when he's going to be at a distance? Yeah, well, yeah, first off, it was just, you know, he, he's been such a warrior for us, not only through this process, but just like day-to-day basis. Past few years on the ice, away from the ice, he's been such a huge component to our team. So he's, without a doubt, been missed in the locker room and on the ice. So that's been that's been hard for us. But I think we've also taken it as, you know, and I, I think I talked to Matt um, Wellens about this a few weeks ago. I, I just said I think we've taken it as an opportunity for us to, you know, really rally around him and and take it as motivation for us as well on a daily daily basis to to push ourselves because we know Will's fighting on a daily basis. So, but yeah, we've been trying to stay in contact with him. I know uh, Dom and uh, Quinn. They Will lives with him during the year, so they've been in in contact with him a lot. Um, I'm actually going to see him today uh, after this. So. He's trying to just like contact guys or guys are reaching out to him when when they come down here and and we want to see him. He's actually, um, yeah, he's been progressing great. So I'm going to see him today. Um, he's feeling great. He's been he's been sending us videos in our one of our group chats of him him skating a bit with his dad. And so he's you know he's on days that he's feeling well, he's trying to do as much as he can. And um, some days obviously are harder than others, but. Like I said, he's a warrior. He's going to get through it. He's already gotten through about four weeks of stuff, and he's uh, we're so excited for him to get back back with us in hopefully January, maybe a little earlier. So, Yeah, our best as always to Will. Hopefully we see him back with the Bulldogs very, very soon. 10.53, that is the captain, Luke Lowheit, UMD Michigan Tech, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game tomorrow, 7 o'clock on CAT. 98.9. 10.53. Wrap it up in a moment. Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for Gopher football. Zone touchdown. Golden Gophers. KDAL. That'll do it for the week. We are back on Monday. Plenty to talk about. Recap from the weekend. Baseball, football, hockey, you name it. Also, Jeff Papis on Bulldog football. Off the top of the show, as always. And then our second Monday of the month. Visit with UMD Athletic Director Forrest Carr. He'll join us at 1035 Monday, live in studio. Have a great weekend, Brad and Kenny. Up next with Sound Off after CBS News. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well.
No, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.